go, everyone. It's Tuesday, December 8th, 2020, week 1-4, a.k.a. the start of the fantasy football playoffs. You're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, your spot for both some feel-good life advice and some mediocre fantasy football advice as well. I'm your host, Seth Woolcock, joined by my co-host, two of the very best in the business, Thomas Kuda, coming from the sunshine state of Florida, and Nathan Polvo, jumping on from Denver, Colorado. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? It is the dawn of the playoffs. How are your playoffs shaping out here as we get going here? Well, um, it seems like I'm going to be one for three <laughs> on the season. Looks like my my rally, my comeback, maybe getting cut short thanks to tiebreakers. But it is what it is, and at least I'm still in and one. It is not going to be an easy playoffs this year because four of my five running backs are all injured currently, but we're going to try. (laughs) How about you, Nate? So this is my first year really doing more than one league. Um, I did three dynasty, five redraft, Jen's in three dynasty and four redraft with me. I went four and four, man. Wow. And actually um, I'm in a dynasty startup. It's a 16 team IDP. Superflex League, and we made Jen and I co-manage it. We not only made the playoffs, but we won the first round this week. Sweet, awesome, awesome. yeah, dude. Thanks, Eric Ebron. Great. Yeah, <laughs> hey, oh Ebron, man, he might have been a short thing sleeper of the week here recently. Yeah, uh, man. Hope, hope, you, hope you tuned in on that one. Yeah, guys, it, it's been a wild ride for me as well this season. I think I went five for seven in the playoffs this season. Um, our office league was an utter disaster for me. Uh, but other than that, we're moving forward here. Thanks to my pals, uh, Darren Waller and Taysom Hill. I'm going to be heading into round two of the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. So that's super exciting as well. Just kind of a crazy time here in fantasy football, crazy time in life right now. Holidays are coming upon us. Uh, gentlemen, we got a stacked episode coming your way today. Uh, we're be t- taking questions. Anyone who has any questions want to pop those in the chat here in the next couple minutes. We're going to be taking a stab at those. Uh, Nick, what's up, buddy? Happy to see you once again. Appreciate your support as always. Uh, we're going to also be talking some fantasy beef this week. We're going to be calling each other out on some of our fantasy takes, uh, hot and cold this season, that are uh, especially relevant as we head into the playoffs here. So tune in for that. We're also going to be taking a look at some sure things, sleepers of the week. Guys, we're going to be rolling out here as we heading into week 14. And we'll round it out with some good news. Kind of a fun segment we haven't done since the summer. So excited to jump into that. Uh, You know where to find us by now, guys. I don't need to go over it. We're on the bird. So uh, check us out there. We're also on all those streaming platforms. You can find us on Blueberry, Deezer, Apple, you know, all the good ones. I'm an Apple fan myself. I think you guys are Spotify stands. Uh, I'm not sure about that, though. Jen and I use, I think it's called Castbox for Android, but I think it just pulls from Apple Music. So sure, Apple Music. Spotify all the way, baby. <laughs> Tom, Tom, a Spotify loyalist. I could have guessed well, that get, one. It's four bucks. Or, is it like four or five bucks a month at the student price? It gives you Spotify and Hulu and Showtime. Okay. It's garbage, but you have it. <laughs> well, that's not a bad deal, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always getting those student discounts. I know how Tom rolls. Uh, but before we jump into today's show, uh, if anyone has any questions, go ahead and drop them in now. We'll take a look at those. Nate, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? 
I am actually drinking a Sierra Nevada hazy oh. little thing IPA. Tall boy. Tall boy. Awesome. Love yeah. to see it, man. It's Love good stuff. It. What about you, Seth? Um, I'm back on the Bush Latte train tonight, guys. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a hell of a week, so I'm taking it easy, rolling out with some lattes tonight. And it looks like we don't have any questions coming in right now, so I think we can jump into some temperature check fantasy beef edition. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy and I want to start with calling out my buddy Nate. Nate, you and Chase Vernon over there at you know the fantasy football intervention. You guys have been hating on my guy David Montgomery all season long. And don't get me wrong, I am no David Montgomery truther by any means, but he's currently RB eleven, coming off another huge performance here in Week thirteen. I mean, he's averaging more PPR points when healthy than C.H. Jonathan Taylor, James Conner, and even my guy DeAndre Swift. He's got a nice upcoming schedule, the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars. I think he's an awesome RB2 going the rest of the way, and maybe maybe I even dare say a league winner. But, Nate, you would have to argue otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's inconsistent. and I, like, Maybe I'm, I'm going back a little bit too far because he, he burned me last year. I just came into this season sour on him, and I don't like him. I don't like the Bears in general. I'm not a big fan of Matt Nagy. I don't like his play calling. I don't like the way they run their offense. I don't like their quarterbacks. There's one, uh, yeah. person, on that, there's one person on that team I like. And I think that's part of it for me is I just – I feel like I'm going to get bit. Every <laughs> time I put him in, it's like Nate played David Montgomery. Oh, he's going to tear his ACL and ruin Nate's season. Or <laughs> he's going to fumble three times and get yanked. And Tariq Cohen's going to come in over him, which was – last year, two years ago, but I still have a bad taste in my mouth. It is probably unfair, and you're probably right. I, I mean, you can't argue with the results he's been putting up. I mean, he's gotten people no. into the playoffs these last two weeks. Tom, where are you on Monty? I mean, last year, I was all about Montgomery. Like, I loved, like, he passed the eye test with flying colors coming out of college for me. Right. Like, he was slippery, great at running um, routes, like, good vision downfield and everything, kind of slippery. Kind of almost a little bit of like the Lev Bell style of, you know, yes. mm-hmm. slow, cut a little, get yourself a hole and run. So I was like super hype on him. And then I kind of slid Nate's way a little bit because he was super disappointing. <laughs> and then the Bears suck. You remember that real quick. But I think yeah. This, yeah. he's really yeah. started to build back to where I'm like much more in Seth's camp here where like I can't, can't argue with the results. Like RB11, like, yeah, just throw him at the playoffs. Like, you're talking to someone who's bitter. Like, all I have is James Robinson on my dynasty team, the only team I made it to the playoffs. That's it. My next RB last week was Frank Gore. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got going for me right now. So I would be happy to have David Montgomery. <laughs> totally. I mean, there are worse options out there. Yeah. Sure. I mean, the, the next three matchups, guys, like Texans, Vikings, Jaguars, that's almost like that's as pretty much as good as it gets for RBs heading the rest of the way. Like, you're firing up David Montgomery the rest of the season. And Nate, uh, I hope hope at the end of this season, you and Chase can kind of eat your words on that one a little bit. I'm sure we will. <laughs> All right. And who, who wants to call someone else out? A little fantasy beef. Seth, you hate Marquez Valdez-Scantling so much. 
Like Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. And when they need the dude to come through clutch, he does. He's not the number one. He's most of the times not even the number two guy in that offense, but he's a good right. wide receiver. I mean, people hated on him a couple of weeks ago when he fumbled in overtime, but they forget that he made a great catch to get them in position to tie. He's a, he's a good wide receiver. I don't I just don't understand it. I, I don't think he's a good wide receiver, Nate, to be honest. Like, he can't run a slant and catch the ball with consistency. Like, he's scoring touchdowns on streaks and go routes. Like, that's pretty much all I've seen him score touchdowns on. He had the one in the red zone this season. I remember watching that a couple weeks back when Alan Lazard was still out, and I was impressed by that catch. But he can't catch consistently, and he's only signed through 2021. Like, he's not going to be here long term, and the Lazard King has already kind of made his valiant comeback. And – like we like Alan Lazard, you can roll out with consistency. Like in the last two weeks, negative 0.4 points for MBS guys. Like MBS, he's wide receiver 53 on the season. That's with seven or eight weeks without Alan Lazard. Like Nate, I I know maybe this is a a hard stance, but like he's definitely better than than some receivers in the league. But I mean, look what happened to Geronimo Allison. He's he's on that way as well. Yeah, true. Well, he's definitely better than Nikhil Harry. Ugh, don't okay. okay. Everybody's gonna, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want you to be right, but you're right. But don't say it. Just don't say it out loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's true. He's just Tom, a, God. He's such a bad route runner. Tom, where where are you at on on MBS? Are you in in my camp? Or are you hanging with Nate on this one? Like, do you see some value? I'm, I'm I mean, obviously not fantasy. Like I got the garbage can lid open and I'm dangling the bag over the hole. Like I'm ready to drop. I just, <laughs> I'm not quite there yet, but it's close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess at the end of the day, he won't be fantasy relevant uh, for the rest of the season, no matter who you are. Don't play MVS. Please don't play MVS. But yeah, I, I will continue hating MVS. Nate, I appreciate the beef though. <laughs> All right, Tom, and- what do you got? Well, for me, this this was a tough one for me because I don't have a whole lot of beef with you two gentlemen. You're both very, very consistent analysts. You're very good at I, – I went through – I was telling them earlier, I went through all the show notes from this entire season, and everyone's good at putting all of their picks in context. So none of them are like hot, fresh out of the oven to the point where I come <laughs> and just roast somebody about stuff. Right. Closest I think I can get right now is these two gentlemen up here, these two – <laughs> for Mr. LaVisca Chanel Jr., who, while not bad, certainly did nothing for your team this year at wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Now, I mean, dynasty-wise, which was the context given earlier, he's still going to be great going forward once Doug Marone's out of there. Yeah. I mean, he was mostly a dynasty stash for me, I suppose. There were, like, matchups this year where I thought he was going to explode, and he didn't. Because he, he had, like, what he had two, I think he said like two good games this year where it was like worth it to have him. He actually didn't do bad, yeah. but he had 15, I think, for me this past week. Yeah, he was, he was worth definitely. it. Yeah. But no, he's I, a dynasty guy for me. I, it's just what I, I mean, mean yeah, you guys I, just give so much good I, context. I, it's hard to roast I'll, you. <laughs> I will, I will, no, I will own up to this. I definitely, Tom, I remember on, on one of our first episodes this summer, uh, he was a, he was a deep league consideration. You know, a dart throw at the end of drafts for me. I will own up to that. And then Nate, you came in here. You definitely came in here a couple times talking <laughs> him up as a short thing sleeper of the week. I got hyped up. I read him in your column a couple times. I started getting hyped on him. So 
I will own, I will plead guilty to that. Uh, I also will say in my defense though as well, who thought like Gardner Minshew would be benched by week six or seven? Like, I mean, I saw him getting benched, but not week six or seven. I think they would have. No, I guess maybe not quite that early. I think they wanted to tank. Like, I think that's like Gardner Minshew is better than both of the other quarterbacks by far. But was there a better advertising campaign than Bud Light and the Gardner Minshew thing at the start of the fantasy <laughs> oh, season? Yeah. No. Because no. they knew it was a safe bet. Nobody was going to win a league starting Gardner Minshew all year. It just wasn't <laughs> going to happen. There's no way. But they got people to buy their crappy beer. Hey, 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 easy. Bud Light's all right, man. <laughs> I live in Coors Country. So, I also like my drink beer. I'm usually hitting the cores too. So, all right, we'll, all we'll, right. Go, we'll save that beef for another day. I'm, yeah, not, right. I'm, not, I'm not gonna talk about beer beef right now. Uh, Tom, <laughs> what, what I do want to talk about though, and this goes for Nate a little bit as well, is your guys' disdain for Melvin Gordon. And, and get, let me put this straight like, I get it, he was not worth the hefty draft price we paid coming into the season. Oftentimes in redraft going sometime around that uh, or that round three or four range, he was not worth that. And I get that we are, I get that we're analysts and we're every week we're trying to, you know, play for upside and Melvin Gordon doesn't have a lot of that. Uh, But, but he, I mean, he's averaging over 12 PPR points a game, just came off another big game this last weekend uh, going 15 for 131. Definitely his best game on the ground this season. He's got Carolina, Buffalo, Chargers, next three up. How are we feeling about Melvin Gordon? And are you guys, like, willing to give him a little bit more credit now? Because, like, there were so many excuses coming into the season. Like, I remember, Nate, you were using the elevation change as a as an excuse. Well, that was an early season excuse. Look, I love Philip Lindsay, man. Like, he's a guy who has been on the news here since he was in high school and even younger. Okay. He was one of the yeah, first like yeah. Broncos futures class kids when he was in like eighth grade. He does all sorts of stuff for the community. He played ball at CU, which is like the school that I root for in college ball. And to see Melvin Gordon come in and like maybe take away carries from him, I didn't care for. And then he started fumbling right. the ball and it was like, oh, what are you? Okay. You know who doesn't fumble the ball? Philip Lindsay has zero career fumbles and it was frustrating. But from a fantasy standpoint, I can't argue his value at this point really. Just like okay, so he scored 15 points this week. What about last week? <laughs> okay, well that that was with Kendall trade, Hinton. Okay, was with listen, Hinton. and the week before 17. Okay, good. Yeah, right. You're fine. Okay, week before four, and then another three. Come, ah, he's a bad, bad. It's a bad <laughs> season that's being held up by just a few good games. But, but as we discussed earlier, <laughs> if you have him. You're definitely playing him no matter what, because there are not that there are not enough running backs that are doing anything of worth this. So he's number twenty-two firmly in wide receiver two territory with a gravy schedule to finish the year with. So I still think he's bad, but you're gonna play him. <laughs> being uh, Melvin Gordon, no, I'm not a truther by any means, but being a supporter and being someone who who's willing to roll him out there, I, I agree with you, Tom, on everything you just said. However, like. If I I might be looking for higher like playoffs are about upside for me and while I do like Melvin Gordon and what he's provided it, he doesn't have the upside like I'm waiting on a couple other guys like Joe Mixon DeAndre Swift to come back if these type of guys come in you know I, I'm willing to maybe roll roll Melvin Gordon out but 
I or sit him on the bench. Like I don't know. I I don't need to play Melvin Gordon, but I think like like you said, Tom, Tom times are tough right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, in every league that I have right now, I would play Melvin Gordon if I had him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should address this comment. Oh, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> the roasting. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was it, wrong. It, it, I can't hit on Broncos tight ends this year, man, because I loved Albert Aquabonum. But then, I know, but he didn't get, I thought he was going to get rolling a lot earlier in the season. I mean, I'm glad I have him. I've got him taxied in a couple dynasty leagues, which is great. But like, seriously, this year for fantasy, I thought Noah Fant was going to be so much better. And man, he just, but I thought Drew Locke was going to be better, to be fair. I think we all kind of did. And the fact that Harden is your home team, like, it is. Coming into this season, I 110%. If you ask me, Juju Smith Schuster is the wide receiver one. I think I might have been wrong about that, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nate. To be fair, though, like the whole Broncos situation kind of just started going hill downhill from day one. You know, you lose two of your best players before the season starts, pretty much Von Miller, and then what week one you lose Cortland Sutton. And yeah, I mean, I'm not, I love Cortland Sutton. Like Tom knows my love for Cortland Sutton. I think last year, like I said, he was Great. my most. I was like the most excited to see Cortland Sutton out of every one play this season. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it just went downhill from beginning. Like they've tried to salvage it. Tim Patrick's played pr- pretty brilliant. Melvin yeah, Gordon's been okay at times. But, yeah, other than that, like the, the Broncos have – it's been disappointing. And I, I don't think it's all their fault. I'm not trying to give you a, a bailout for Noah fan. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you see A.J. Boye? The cornerback for the Broncos got suspended for PED use today. Oh, are you serious? Our best corner. Yikes. Well, 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 well. Well, looks- well. enough about yep. my pain as a Broncos fan. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nate, some pain I do want to bring bring on to you, man, is uh, I apologize for this one, but you have an unconditional love for Darnell Mooney of the Bears. I mean, this is a guy who, Nate, every, it seems like every couple weeks you're hyping him up. And I mean, he's only had double digit game, two games out of 12 this season. And he's only hit double digits twice when he's had touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he, he has a great schedule coming up, no doubt about it, in the playoffs. Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville. Like, if you're looking for upside, it could be Darnell Mooney. But with that being said, too, like, I'm not playing Darnell Mooney. I, I mean, I, I roster him in some in some deeper dynasty leagues on my taxi squad. But other than that, like, I feel like there's been a little too much love on your end for Darnell Mooney this season, man. So I'm pretty sure I have him on the bench in the in-between league. Um, you know, okay, most of my love started with dynasty. And then, like, I was watching him play. He's a good dude, player. He's such a clean route runner. Yeah. Um, he gets separation fairly easily. He's quick. But like I said in my column, the problem is the quarterbacks are creating five to ten yard separation between him and the ball every time. Yeah. But Trubisky's been looking a little bit better. Like he seems to be kind of figuring some stuff out. Like maybe he understands his job is in jeopardy and his deluded brain thinks that he could possibly remain the starter next year if he does well. Which who knows? Adam Gase is still the head coach of the New York Jets. So anything is yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I can see him exploding over the over that three game stretch. I think he's good enough and I think that he'll start to pull the targets he did last week for the first time. I think that these next three games 
I'm more of a get him, see what he does, play him this week if you're needy. But if you're not and he's available, bench him. And if he blows up this week, play him week 15. Yeah. Does that, I mean, does that make sense? It, it does. Like, yeah. Tom, how do you feel about Darnell Mooney? I mean, I'm definitely more of an Anthony Miller guy myself. <laughs> I I just like I I can't just Mitch Trubisky, man. I'm so burnt. I like I just yeah. he's he's taken everything out of me between my love, my deep abiding love for Allen Robinson, and the fact that like I actually had Mitch Trubisky in Dynasty. I mean, he sat on the bench most of the time, but like I had right. him. Right. Ooh, he was just so he's so bad, and I just don't trust. him. <laughs> Or anybody other than Alan Robinson and maybe David Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, looks like we have a, a question coming in from Ashes Kev. What are your thoughts on Tim Patrick? Is he a dynasty asset with Sutton back next year? Um, Nate, as as the Broncos fan out here, what do you have? What do you have for Kev here? Don't draft him. He's horrible. You don't want him. He's in our dynasty league. Stop asking me dynasty advice, Kevin. <laughs> no, it's on it, but seriously. Um I like Tim, I like Tim Patrick. I don't know what his value is gonna be because when you've got Corlin Sutton, you've got KJ Hamler, and you've got Jerry Judy. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, who's the odd man out there? Because it's not gonna be Judy. They spent a first rounder on him. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I mean, KJ Hamler might turn into more of like a return guy, so maybe he's the odd man out. I could see that. But he has such he's had I think Hamler's got what four touchdown catches this year? Three, three or four? Yeah, I mean, like he's looked good. And he's a really he, Seth. You saw him at Penn State, man. He's fast. Oh yeah, I mean, you gotta love K- KJ Hamler, man. He's he, he's a baller and he's a great possession guy. But Tim Patrick is a really nice like medium to deep threat, and I I think that's what the Broncos have needed in the lieu of Cortland Sutton. But right. I, I also like I, I will say this straight up to you, Kevin, like. I'm in a dynasty league with Tom and we, I have a very stacked team. Like I have a very full team. Um, so I, I did just cut Tim Patrick here uh, last week. Not because I don't, and I think in, in very deep, you know, 14, 16 team leagues, hold on to him in dynasty. Like I still think Tim Patrick's a good player, but like Nate said, like if you have Cortland Sutton coming back, we don't know what the quarterback situation that is. If, if it's true lock again, I don't really want any part of this, any part of this Denver Broncos passing game probably next year too, unless unless a lot of big changes come at the head coaching position. I'm more concerned with Pat. I like Vic. Ban- I actually like Vic Banjo. but dude, Pat Shermer's not doing it, man. Mm-hmm. That it's just Drew Locke needs a bit. If Drew Locke gets better offensive coordinator ne- next year, I'm buying into him. Do you, really, do you think Drew Locke will be around next year? I feel like a. Elway's stubborn, bro. He's better than it's not. This isn't Paxton Lynch. Is it? <laughs> I, oh, man, I, I, think, I think that's my. I, I I agree with Seth though. Like until we know quarterback situation, I'm definitely not gonna like do anything with Tim Patrick. Uh, just until you know, just because I you know I have no way of knowing who's gonna be the odd man out. And like you said, I think Sutton's just gonna come in and steal most of his work. Bro, oh, yeah. definitely. That's the I, guy you want. Yeah, I think I think case closed here. I would leave it at this that I would rather have KJ on my taxi squad, you know, not taking up a roster spot than having Tim on my roster spot. But I still think Tim might be the better player next year. But th- th- there's going to be a lot of turnover in Denver, so I think we're 
we're going to really have to wait and see on that one. But awesome, awesome question. I appreciate that. Any other final uh, beef you guys have with anyone you want to bring to the table before we move on here? I'm done beefing you. Same, Tom. <laughs> Tom. All right. All right. No one wanted to call me out for my uh, my appreciation for Jimmy Grandpa. I wish honky tonks didn't have no closing time. And I wish grandpas never died. I'm on the same page. I have no beef with that. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, he's still tight in 16, even with this like string of bad weeks he's had recently. So, you know. yeah, I've I feel bad because I literally just said on last week's show that I would roll out Jimmy Grandpa if I needed to the rest of the year, and uh, he got a donut. So uh, I'm gonna hey. I'm gonna I'm a I'm I'm putting him to rest. Jimmy Grandpa has officially died today. I, I told everyone to play Frank Gore this last week, and I played Frank Gore this last week, and he got 0.9 points. Granted, he did get concussed, but still. <laughs> right. Hey, maybe maybe we can make up for it, gentlemen, with this week's Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. December, baby, but we're going to bring a little bit, bit of summertime back to you all. Uh, Nate, who you got for your sure thing sleeper of the week this time around? So I'm going out on a limb here a little bit. I like Dawson Knox this week. His volume's increased. Josh Allen is slinging it. <clears throat> Buffalo wants to win that division. Uh, they've got Pittsburgh coming up here this week. The only way they're going to beat Pittsburgh is if Josh Allen spreads the ball out, which he did. I mean, he got, he was getting it to Diggs, to Beasley, to Gabe Davis. He's getting it to Knox. He even peppered in a little bit of Devin Singletary there. And I think we saw him get a touchdown. He's got two straight weeks with the touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I just – I like it. I think it's a sneaky play. And tight end's been so hard this year. I mean, outside of Kelsey – Really, you haven't had anybody – and Darren Waller. I mean, those two guys have just been insane. But outside that, Godert's been hit or miss. He's been healthy and not healthy. Noah Fant, obviously, was like the worst decision to draft or talk about. It's just yeah. been bad. And we've had yeah. like Kittle's hurt, Kittle's hurt. Zach Ertz has been hurt. It's so thin. And Dawson Knox is a guy I – mean, seriously, with a playoff push here, like I love him. Tom, you guys, any, any, what do you guys think? I'm afraid. No, I, I, I like it. Okay, I just want to start out with that. Okay, I, I like it. I hate that I like it, but I like it. You yeah. Know, it, like I am still very hesitant to trust Josh Allen, but I, I think I just need to like get over that because he's good. Like it's just so good. That just is a thing now. Like you know, you said the Bills are looking to win the division. Like when's the last time you said that? <laughs> you know, like that's. That's what, like 1992. That's exciting. Like, I, you know, maybe it's just time to get on board for that. And Pittsburgh, I mean, even though they just lost to the freaking Washington football team, I'm so bitter about that crap. They, you know, it's still going to be a tough game. And I think that tight end is going to be some a position they're really going to have to start to utilize. You know, in defense of Pittsburgh, Washington has a really good defense. No, and- there's no defense. <laughs> Oh, there is defense because what well, seriously, Washington's defense, very good, very underrated this year. 
And Alex Smith is starting to turn it on. And I mean, he's got to be in the fields here. Like we can get into the playoffs. And if Alex Smith can get that team into the playoffs and Antonio Gibbons healthy and Terry McLaurin and JD McKissick and Logan Thomas, that's a scary team in the playoffs. Not to go off on a tangent that I just no, you're, you're fine. Listen, I need calm. It, this was just such, I, I can't believe the Steelers blew a, a perfect season on Washington yeah. of all people. Yeah. Well, um, I'm I, sorry. I, I derailed this a bit. Seth, what, what do you think about Dawson Knox? I would rule Dawson Knox out this week only if Tyler Croft is out again. He's been out the last couple of weeks, and I think that stems a lot to Dawson Knox, Knox's success. Last right. week, last season, Dawson Knox was a really interesting dynasty stash. I know I had him in a couple of leagues myself on my taxi squad, but this year he hasn't been as consistent. He, he really hasn't done anything up until these last couple of weeks because Tyler Croft's uh, appearance there. So with that being said, though, guys, I mean, tight end landscape is desperate. And if you're looking for a guy out there on the on the wire, he's probably as good as it gets on the wire right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, unless some of the other guys I want to talk about are also available, then I would say go grab them first. But <laughs> oh, hey, Seth, who's yours? All right, so I want to talk about uh, sticking with tight ends here, and it's actually going to be against the uh, the 49ers last week. They played Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox finally came back to relevance, was which was awesome to see. And the guy I want to talk about is Logan Thomas. Right now, tight end eight guys. He comes off a huge performance. Uh, his biggest performance as a tight end in his career. So that, that was really cool to see, especially with Alex Smith feeling, uh, even even though it was against our, our Pittsburgh Steelers, Tom, it was cool to see Logan Thomas provide. And the 49ers, like I said, they allowed Dawson Knox to get loose for one. I think why not Logan Thomas here on out the rest of the way? Right now, th- th- this landscape has been brutal, guys. Logan Thomas, he is the tight end three over the last three weeks. So, I mean, you can't argue with the results. I think Logan Thomas, if you have him and you've been stashing him, maybe waiting for him to come on, like now is the time. Yeah, I agree. I, I really like Logan Thomas. I know we, we've definitely like between the three of us punted him around a little bit over the last like month or so. And yeah. I, I just, I really like, I mean, as like I said, as much as I'm hurt that they beat the Steelers, like Nate is right. They're actually starting to get into a groove. Like Alex Smith is actually like getting back in his rhythms again and, He's always been big with his tight ends. So always this landscape is just so dry and shallow. Like if, if I could get Logan Thomas right now, I would go get him. Like he the perfect kind of person that I'm picking up. And honestly, I'm probably going to start him. Like if I were to get a hold of him, I can think of at least two of the three leagues. Like I would just be starting him this week. No questions asked. Yeah. Well, remember in San Francisco, the year that they went to the Super Bowl. No, yeah, one of the years. No, he never got them to a Super Bowl. Got them to an AFC Championship game, but he threw that last-minute touchdown to Vernon Davis. And remember that connection those couple years they had yeah. together? Yeah, Vernon Vernon and Logan Thomas reminds me of Vernon Davis. He, he, dude, even like Travis Kelsey, when 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 Alex Smith played for the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey was still on yeah, dude. as yeah. he is at Mahomes. He still had a couple tight end one season. So I think Logan Thomas – like. He's shown something here. He's definitely going to be back in Washington next year. He's a great dynasty ad if you can kind of still buy him while he's a little bit cheaper. But I I think you're buying him up this week, especially against the 49ers who have been really inconsistent at times on defense. Yeah, agreed. 
And Tom, who is your uh, sure thing sleeper of the week heading into uh, week 14 here? Well, gentlemen, plug your noses. We're going in the deep end. Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> from the Jets again. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and make mine Ty Johnson. Because, again, like I said, I have really talked about this a lot this week, but I am very desperate for running backs. And he went off, like absolutely went off. He took 22 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown against the Raiders with Frank Gore getting concussed. Um, assuming that Frank Gore does not have the ability to clear the concussion protocol before the game, he will definitely be getting 22 carries plus again this week against the Seattle defense, which is hot garbage. So I am definitely all about firing up Ty Johnson and just knowing that this game is kind of out of Adam Gase's control. Like he just has to give him work. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> Adam Gase doesn't have to do <laughs> This is autopilot. Okay. <laughs> he can't ruin this. Now, why, you know, of course I've said this, it'll tempt him, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Tom, I agree with you. If, if I'm truly desperate, I will play Ty Johnson and pick him up. But, I'm not excited to do it. Like last year, he kind of burnt me a little bit. I was pretty hot and bothered when Carryon Johnson went down in Detroit. So I, I was pretty hot on Ty Johnson. Then he kind of let me down there. And like Seattle's defense has been better as of late. Like they haven't been as bad. I mean, they're still not good by any means. But I, 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 I just can't with with playoffs there, man. I just don't know if I can trust. I, I, I can't, that's like. Dealing with the devil, man. I don't know if I can. I know. Listen, you're t- to tell me about it, dude, I don't want to have to do it. I'm looking at my team, and I'm looking at Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs. Like, what are you talking about? I have to start Ty Johnson? Come on. <laughs> like, uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather start Ty Johnson than Devontae Booker. That's true. I mean, that was honestly yeah. what I was at. Like, on the waivers this week, I was looking out there, and I'm like, crap. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, if this is between those two, slam dunk Ty Johnson. Tom, why don't you make me a trade in Dynasty, and uh, I'll give you like I'll give you like David Johnson or something. Maybe you throw around a first round pick or something. David Johnson. <laughs> Who, who's got David? You got David Montgomery. Who's got David Montgomery? <laughs> <laughs> We're hot. I do have two first round picks. I could probably make a trade. <laughs> we are hot on David Montgomery tonight, boys. Other than Nate, Nate will never be hot on David Montgomery. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm a reasonable who can be swayed. You never know. We swear when the bays, or he'll be swayed when the bears get good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, do you have any thoughts on Ty Johnson here as as we kind of round out short thing? You know, I talked about him earlier today. Um, I don't, Adam Gase. I go back to Adam Gase when it comes to any Jets player except Denzel Mims, I just don't. And especially that backfield, I, who knows what he's going to do? I mean, all of a sudden, is, if LaMichael Perrine's healthy, he'll use LaMichael Perrine instead. We'll be like, oh, my God, he's active on Saturday. What happened? Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, Frank Gore's timeless. He's probably going to play Sunday. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. If Frank not- Gore plays Sunday, I want to qualify that. If Frank Gore plays, I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'll do anything else. I just don't want it if that's the case. Well, and these are weird times, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of us are doing things we don't want to have to do. I know. I'm playing Taysom. I had to start Taysom Hill at quarterback before he started at quarterback because I literally had no other. So, 
I don't hate. I don't hate it. Most years, I would hate it. I think he's a good dynasty stash. I I will say this though. A couple years ago, I lost a championship due to the likes of C.J. Anderson and Elijah McGuire. Elijah Ooh. McGuire, who played for the Jets, then like yeah, there was no Adam Gase, but like he went off for like thirty points in the finals against me. Um, still haunts me to this day. But so <laughs> I won't roll out playing a Jets RB this week. It, it might be in the cards. Might have to. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, if anyone has any final questions for us, be sure to drop them. If not, I think we're going to get ready to uh, jump into some good news. So those of you who are new joining us tonight, again, we appreciate all the support, guys. Uh, it's been a, been an awesome season over here in between media. Good news is kind of our way to round out our fantasy weeks with just a little bit of the kind of stuff you don't really see in the mainstream media, the stuff no one's really talking about. Uh, sometimes it's fantasy football related, NFL related. Other times it's just stuff going on in the world today. So uh, with that being said, Nate, what is your good news for week 14 here? Well, Alex Smith, man, how awesome is this? 17 surgeries. They told him he was going to die. They told him he's going to lose his leg. They told him he'd never walk again. They told him he'd definitely never play football again. And, I mean, sure, Washington's 5-7, and seven, but can you imagine if they had started him this year? Like, off yeah. the bat, the Haskins, this team's probably 7-5. and five. I think he's worth it. I think he's worth a two-game swing at least. And I'd love to see it, man. I mean, the guy we, we thought – he's a good guy. Everybody always liked Alex Smith. Liked him in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Liked him a little bit less in Kansas City because I'm a Broncos fan, but still <laughs> like. <laughs> and now like he's playing football again and playing well he's mm-hmm. efficient he's got a good team around him i love ron rivera for giving him the shot and bringing him back to the active roster that's uh, in a world full of and especially in the nfl man so much bad news on a weekly basis but here's alex smith and the dude gets cleated in the ankle oh like, yeah I mean, that was like a Kurt Schilling bloody sock situation, man. And he kept playing. Not only did he keep playing, but he brought him back from a two-touchdown deficit to win that game. It's fun to watch. He's 100% the comeback player of the year, and I just think that's phenomenal. And it's the news we need in football right now. Yeah, he's definitely, like, my favorite story coming out of this, like, coming into this season. Like, I'm – just absolutely like thrilled that he made it back from so many people telling him that he would never ever get to you know he'd be lucky just to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life basically have you seen the pictures of his leg post-surgery yeah oh my gosh especially like after all the infections and everything yeah man like wow not google them but it's amazing what he came back from yeah, it's yeah. pretty incredible. And I think it's even crazier, like, the position he finds himself in now. Like, they are 5-7. and seven. They're tied for the division lead with the Giants. Unfortunately, they lost two games to the Giants earlier this season. Like you said, Nate, like, those are those swing games that Alex Smith over Haskins or Kyle Allen, of all people, you know, could have definitely made a difference. So it's been super fun to watch yeah. uh, Alex Smith come back into this. And, and even for fantasy, he's made other players more reliable. Terry McLaurin, we're seeing the emergence of Logan Thomas now. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, like Antonio Gibson, whether he's in or whether it's smooches down there, J.D. McKissick, uh, <laughs> we'll get some RB, RB upside there as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Seth, what's your good news, man? 
All right. So, uh, you know, the, the pandemic's definitely brought, uh, it, while it's brought a lot of people together, you know, it's brought us three gentlemen together on a weekly basis. It's brought a lot of people in the community together. It's also done a really good job of, unfortunately, distancing people. And, uh, you know, whether your family that you didn't see on Thanksgiving or your friends that you just haven't been able to go out to the bar with, uh, you know, th there have been a lot of things we've had to overcome this year in 2020 because of the coronavirus. And uh, some good news that I found this week was that New York, the New Yorker staff writer, Rachel Seam, uh, she recently bought a typewriter and uh, she started uh, writing during the pandemic, started using her typewriter to reach out to friends, family, uh, you know, kind of did that type of thing and uh, just really wanted to get more people involved in in writing letters and and you know it, it's definitely gone by the wayside these last couple of years there's no doubt there's texting there's email for crying out loud like there's any way to get in contact with people writing letters is really something that, that hasn't been around for a while but so rachel this lady she starts writing these letters and she eventually uh creates a platform called penapalooza and what they do at penpalooza is they basically it, it's just like your old-fashioned pen pals you know snail mail you write a letter to someone you send it out to them and they respond uh you know thanks to once again the power of twitter uh you know another awesome thing coming from twitter there's over seven thousand people now uh since she started this in july writing to each other writing letters so you know definitely got to appreciate that and uh you know in, in all the difference that coronavirus in 2020 has brought us it's really good to see someone taking advantage of it and you know finding a way to bring something old back into the spotlight that's awesome yeah that's that's pretty cool like it's definitely like a dying art form i guess like that's mm -hmm. kind of how is uh, like i know ali tries to write letters you know of course because that's just how she is but like yeah it's definitely not something that people do like i think i've written one letter my entire life and it was like in grade school when they made you write them to like do you know what I mean like I think we wrote them to soldiers, you know, like how they would just yeah. be like, I gotta write letters now. It's like the only one I've ever written in my life. But that's pretty cool that she has this whole network of people set up that is like reviving a, a dying form of communication. That is really neat. Yeah, just just speaks to to the awesome power of Twitter once again. So yeah, found that cool. Um thank the good news network on that one for covering that. They cover a lot of good stuff over there, feel good stories. Um, Tom, do you want to round us out with your good news of the week? Yeah, um, I definitely took the biggest one this week, I think, just by by virtue of, you know, happenstance. But today, um, a 90-year-old woman in England became the first person to get, like, the official coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> yes, she waited an hour at the post office for stamps last week, because that's how my wife is, old lady. Um, but yeah, so the a 90-year-old woman in the UK became the first person to successfully get a coronavirus vaccine, which is absolutely amazing because that means we are just getting like this close. I mean, it's still going to be, you know, another four or five months till everybody has it produced and distributed and everything. But like, I feel like it's this year's dragged on for a long time waiting for this news. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, Tom. That's that's some really feel good news heading in 
into week 14 here. Like it, it's been a, it's been a grind of a season. It's been a grind of a year, uh, you know, from everything starting in between media and everything we've been doing over here and everything everyone else has been doing, continuing to adapt. And it's super good to, to see this news, you know, someone uh, stepping up like this 90 year old lady, like, like that takes some guts too. like, like shout out to her to, to do that and be the first one shout out to the UK for getting that done too. They don't get enough credit for that type of thing as well. So Super excited to see that. And, you know, guys, this is just another example of why there is light at the end of this time. Absolutely. I have I have one more good news thing I just thought of. Mm-hmm. Our holiday stream. Yes. It's Friday, 8 o'clock Eastern. We've got some big names coming on, some friends, some cool people. We'll be around having drinks, talking holidays, movies, football. All sorts of stuff, man. It's going to be a riot. So if you're listening, you're watching, don't miss it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. This is just another part of our In Between the Holidays campaign we have going on over here at In Between Media. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a little little bit looser than our normal podcast. We're going to definitely mix some different topics in, uh, You know, get some Dynasty rankings going, get some uh, Christmas movie rankings, just some different type of things. Have a, have a little fun. Uh, you know, get more involved with the community. Uh, I'm under Diflin79. He might be making an appearance. So uh, love you, Scott. Love you, everyone out there. Uh, appreciate all the support. Gary, thank you guys once again. Uh, Tom, Nate, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Yeah, guys. Heck yeah, dude. I can't wait to give you my Christmas movie hot takes on Friday. <laughs> does it involve Die Hard? It, you, you bet it does. <laughs> I wouldn't expect any less, Tom. <laughs> All right, guys. Everybody, thank you for listening and have a great night. Yeah, thank you all. Dude. Keep it in between. <laughs>